Hello Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hello again, Michelle. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well. Good. The sun is out. It is. It's going to be 80 this week. Oh, it's... Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Colorado. It is. It's going to change the day after, I'm probably. I'm so happy. It's warm. We can be outside. Yeah. It's it's awesome. We, we are going to do another volume of reinvigorating classics. Yes. I think this is volume three. It is. This is volume three. Yeah. We love thinking about what we what we did many years ago <laughs> and how we do it now yeah um so we've got a we've got a couple of ideas for you okay you want to start us off i will okay so recently i did a variation of group juggle that is a little different so uh i was doing a keynote and it was so i had about 300 people all sitting at rounds now this was not over lunch so there was no plates and glasses and silverware and things like that. So that needs to be stated up front. And those were not juggled. <laughs> those were not juggled. Um, so, you know, I basically just chose really simple things like hacky sacks and koosh balls and soft tossable, you know, type of items and put them in the center of the tables. And so there were eight people sitting at rounds. And so I had them all stand up. And so there was about 300 people. So there was like 30 tables. And first, what I love to do with group juggle first is I use it as a name game, you know, where it's basically every, you start with one item and, you know, before you can toss it to the person across from you, you have to first find out what their new name is and you have to give yourself an alliteration name. So for example, my name is Michelle, of course, so I would have to come up with some sort of adjective or word that goes with my name that starts with the same sound that my name is. So I. I always, my default one is always mischievous, Michelle. Now yours don't ha doesn't have to accurately describe you, mine just happens to. So, cause I am very mischievous, but. So I'm always mischievous, Michelle. So Chris, what would be an adjective name that you would choose? Uh, I tend to go with Crispy Chris. Crispy Chris, okay. Crispy Chris. Now as a facilitator, I do this one all the time. I, When you have to learn a lot of people's names in a short period of time, the alliteration names just really helps me remember because I might be like what was it, it was it was oh it was crispy 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 Chris that's right right so that for whatever reason really helps me remember people's names so so I always start out with that and of course in a room full of at a conference and not everybody knows everybody this is a good name game to start to get to know people's names and things like that so and then of course you first you're establishing your pattern, pattern. you know that we use in group juggle when you do this so make sure everybody gets an opportunity to you know, we hear their name, you toss the item to them, and then the last person to go would be the last, the first person that tossed the first ball. So then, of course, once everybody's gotten through that signal, I'm like, okay, do you remember who you threw it to and who threw it to you? And so let's do that one more time, and let's toss one more item a little bit. Make sure you still say their name, right? So here, Crispy Chris, and then you would throw it off to, you know... Sassy Sally. Yeah, something like that, right? And then they would yes. toss to somebody else, right? And so then you establish your pattern one more time. And then I say, okay, now as a group, I want you, and then I do group juggle, right? Have them decide how many items that they think that they can toss through that system without dropping any and, uh, and you know, set a goal for themselves. So I do the regular group juggle. And then after that is finished and I give them, an, you know, attempt or two or whatever. And so we have 300 people all tossing things and it's, you know, it's loud and it's lively and it's, and it's fun and, and uh, people are laughing. 
And then we could do a quick debrief on, you know, just the normal group juggle topics and things like that. I'm like, okay, we're going to take this to a whole new level. Now what I want you to do, I want three people to stay at your table. And then the other five of you, go find a new spot at a table that is within one or two tables from where you are right now. And then, uh, and then ready, go. So then they do that. I'm like, okay. And then so they all get to their new circles. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, they naturally assume. I'm like, okay, we're going to toss through the system again. Are you ready? And then they, they start. And then I was like, well, you know, I, I intentionally let there be a little bit of confusion. And then I was like, oh, wait, let's, stop. let's hold on for just a second. And then they're like, what? And I'm like, are you still throwing to the same person that you threw at, in the first sequence that you established? Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the aha moment comes where you still have to throw in the same sequence that you were throwing with the original people, but now your people aren't right at your table anymore. So then now you have to locate your people and then throw them maybe the items just another table or two over, and uh, and then it gets to be a little bit chaotic. Yeah. So, so the reason why, so the why behind why I did this, the intent behind it was is this particular conference and group we were able to talk about um, how we're now managing so much more post-COVID than what we were pre-COVID. And now we have some people that are remote, some people that are right here in our office. The three people that stayed at the tables, those are the three people that are still coming into the office every day. The other five people are the people that are working remotely. And they, you know, and it's, it's sometimes it feels like it might be a little harder to yeah. delegate yeah. tasks and responsibilities and things like that to them. And it's, it's harder to manage like how much do you have on your plate i don't know because i visually can't see you as well as i can the people that are right here and and the crazy thing it still worked now did it take a little bit longer absolutely but it still worked and then the debrief that came after that was really good and so they were talking about this is exactly how i feel right now with managing others that are not right here with not not necessarily under my you know within eyesight all the time but we're the team feels a little bit more fractured just because of distance. We're not. I mean, we're still getting things done, but it just feels it feels very different. So, yeah, um, yeah. so anyway, so that I it's like that. it's kind of it's a variation on group juggle. Yeah. It's still kind of the same thing, but it was done with a twist that I had not done before, and I really liked how it did. So, if I were doing this, not sitting at tables in rounds, and maybe I'm out on a big playing field, you know, and I'm doing this outside, um, I would just put down spot markers. To where everybody knew at least where you know the spot where the circles were, so that way when five of your people leave, you you at least get five people back onto spots. Yeah, and you're finding an open spot somewhere right. near your circle. Yep, correct. And you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. And that what came to me as you were talking is when we're at a distance and you're communicating, quote unquote, with someone else, it really takes both people to be more focused to be successful. Mm -hmm. It's not just one person sending you a message. The the other person really now has to pay attention to get the message and has to do a little little extra. And it's a distracting environment. I mean, we all know that sometimes, (laughs) virtually and whatever, we have very distractive environments. Right now, as you're listening to this, you probably, you know, maybe have gotten a text on your phone or maybe you're checking your email or maybe you're driving or like wherever you're listening to this podcast right now think about that i mean it's we live in a distracted world yeah. so how do we make sure that we are communicating with people 
that they, we have their full attention before we literally throw something at them. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, I, so. I would like to share a quick tip, okay. if I would. Yeah, do it. As you were talking, this tip came to mind because I've tried group juggle with 300 people plus okay. before, and what I've found on many occasions is the challenge people have getting into the throwing pattern. Mm. You, you can't throw to the left or right, but make sure everybody gets it once and tosses it once, and then a lot of people kind of get behind because they get stuck trying to figure out the throwing pattern sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I learned this from a friend of mine, Micah, and a simple way to get a pattern done if you don't have the time to let them explore and create their own pattern, if you're on a timeline, Basically, you number off people. So you have somebody say, somebody be one, go around to the right, two, three, four, all the way around. Everybody got a number? All right, easy to do. Remember your number. Don't forget your number. All right, now in your circle, mix up the people so you're not standing next to the same two people that you were just standing next to. Don't forget your number. Okay, mix it up. Everybody mixed up? Okay, number one, grab the first object. Number one, throw to two. Two, throw to three. Three, throw to four. Four, four, throw to five, and then the highest number throws back to one. Now you've got your tossing pattern. Nice, I like it. So it's a, again, if you're part of the experience is them working it out and making their pattern, but if you are limited on time, and that's not something you necessarily need to process or debrief, mm -hmm. get them into the pattern so you can actually get to the stuff that you want to nice. debrief. Nice, I like it. Yeah, it was, it was one of those oh my gosh moments yeah. for me. It's like, oh, this is what I needed. Yeah. So that was cool. Little tip. Cool. Uh, my share is a variation of TP shuffle. Okay. Which is not a reference for toilet paper. For <laughs> some of you, if you've not heard this before, it's right. the telephone, telephone pole. Telephone shuffle. Yeah, great history on that. Just telephone pole laying around and people got on it and tried to switch places. Right, without stepping off without or stepping falling off. off. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what I've found uh, a little bit more of a, a way to do TP shuffle with more participation is what I call the quad jam. Okay. Uh, I learned about, uh, I can't remember what, what Craig, Craig Dobkin mm. does uh, years and years ago, I learned from him how to set up a quad element. And it's four by four. So mm. if you get four by fours from your local hardware store that are the eight foot four by fours, you get four of those, and you put them on the ground in the shape of a square. Okay. Okay. And he uses it in a couple different ways. I learned some of the ways that I that I do with groups from Craig, but one of my favorite things to do is basically uh, a progression of things. And you have a addition to that that I you're do. gonna you're gonna throw in at the end, which do. I love. But quad jam gets people off the ground. And it gets people to, to be successful, they're really gonna have to support and work together. And by means of physical support mm -hmm. at times. There is a, a progression of three activities I love to do. And if you're using four by fours that are eight feet long, you can get about five adults on one of those mm -hmm. boards, so a group of 20. You can maybe get six if you're working with younger people, they're a little smaller, that don't take up as much space. And the first challenge is when they're ready, everybody steps up on the boards all at the same time, and they just go around 
they circumnavigate 360 degrees all the way around the board. They just walk. They walk around. Okay. They sometimes they shuffle side to side. Okay. But whatever they choose to do, but they cannot s touch the ground. Mm -hmm. If they touch the ground, I ask everybody to step off safely, go back to your home position. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people like to start where they are, but that can get confusing of where they end because now they've got that first home position in their mind right. and they think that's where they end. So I've just found it useful just to have everybody step off and then go back to where their first home position was when they're ready meaning plan a little bit when you're ready solve a problem what problem do you have see if you can solve it and then when you're ready everybody steps up game is on and they have to go around 360 degrees in most of my experiences with young people who are not used to physically helping each other or even touching each other appropriately you might have to work on that or talk about appropriate touching um, which is support you know support the shoulders support the upper back uh, they'll, their first few attempts will be hands in their pocket, literally hands in their pocket. Mm. And, a, and oftentimes someone will step off because they don't have the support or the balance that they need on a 4x4 four four to make it all the way around without support. Eventually, <clears throat> the group will figure out, hey, they see somebody falling and somebody will reach out a hand and stop them, or they'll agree on where we're, how we're going we're gonna to hold hands or put our hands on our shoulders and support each other. They get to a point where they have to physically help each other. And it's important to get to that level for the next challenge, okay? So I'll, I'll put a little diagram of this in the show notes, but the idea is standing at their first home position. They've successfully done challenge one. They're standing back down on the ground in their home position. What I have them do is just point their their right arm out and their fingers down at the board that's directly across from them, so the board that's parallel to them. You want to point down at that spot directly across. The second challenge is for everyone to get to that spot mm -hmm. in the end. Okay. A lot of people think it's the same thing as the first challenge, mm -hmm. but when they start going they go, oh, well, now they got to cross because some people need to be in different positions so they got to pass each other. So now they have to solve that problem. Usually that happens around the corners. Mm. So they navigate around the corners, stepping past people and renegotiating bodies. But it's very active. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got all corners busy, they make a plan, they pass each other at corners, and it's a lot of physical help at the corners. It's helping people stay on the boards if they're waiting for their turn. So it's a nice physical interaction on a good challenge. Usually it takes two or three times to get that challenge okay. because they have to identify problems that are getting them to step off, then they have to solve those problems. They gotta be willing to help. They gotta be willing to be helped, which is important, which is one of the greatest takeaways from these challenges is that physical support and how we're gonna do that. And then if they can get to the third challenge, if you have time and they're, you think they're ready, basically it's the first challenge over again. But this time they choose two leaders from the group that are uh, eyes open. The rest of the group has to be eyes shut. Oh, wow. And they have to circum... So the, the leaders with their eyes open, they are on the boards as well, but they have to 360 degree all the way around. Okay. And the leaders have to verbally lead them lead the people through the challenges, which basically are the corners for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a nice 
the group chooses the leaders, so they have confidence in people in a sense. They can trust those right. leaders. Mm -hmm. And then the leaders have to figure out how to help people, especially when there are four corners and only two leaders, there's gotta be a way to communicate so everybody stays safe and on the boards. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice, challenging element, not too high off the ground. If you wanted to go a little higher, what we do is we take some shorter four by fours we cut out a little notch, like a little, we call a little foot. Yeah, a little saddle. And, and a little saddle. And then mm -hmm. we put the boards in the saddle. It even brings it up a little further. Right. So it, it elevates the challenge. Now do you have spotters then around the outside you know, as well? Only if they're facilitators. Okay. We go, we kind of watch where the action is. Okay. But we do teach that idea of stepping off safely. Okay. Can, Tom Leahy's name's coming up a lot mm -hmm. in, in our podcast, mm -hmm. but he is one of our great teachers, but he teaches about stepping off safely. Mm -hmm. If you feel you need, if you feel you're falling, don't endanger yourself or others, just step off safely, take the consequence, solve the problem, identify the problem, then solve the problem, then move on. But mm -hmm. don't try to save it, right? because that's when, usually when things, when problems happen. Right. So stepping off, so we, we learn about stepping off yeah. safely. So the spotters tend to be, I watch people who are having difficulty with balance. I tend to be around the corners, you know, by the corners. Where most of the action is, if I see things that are a little bit, you know, risky, um, sometimes I'll stop them, like if they want to piggyback mm, yep. each other. Yeah. One of my rules is everybody has to have one foot on a board at all times. Okay. So instead of saying you can't lift anybody, say what they can do. Right. Yep. One foot on the board at all times. That will eliminate some of the crazy things that they do. Before I had that rule, you know, they would pick up people and they'd kind of pass them like cookie cutter passes, <laughs> you know, while they're mm -hmm. balancing. You know, it 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 was very risky at you that time. You learned some lessons. Learned, and not, luckily not experientially through yeah. um, damaging of humans. Right, yeah, excellent. And, and you have a way to start at the ground level. I do. Yeah, so, sure that. So TP Shuffle was one of my, you know, at the ropes course that I first worked at when I was a, f a very young facilitator. And, you know, there are times where even going two feet off the ground on your telephone pole, um, the group just wasn't quite ready for that. So we you know, decided, like, what if we started on the ground first? So we just put masking tape on the ground, and then we tried it first just linearly. And then, I was, and then it, you know, I was like, okay, well, what if we did do it in a quad? So we put masking tape on the floor, or if you're in a gymnasium, you could use the, the, ba you know, the basketball mm -hmm. paint um, and just use the line around right underneath the basket and use that square. But basically, and then, you know, how I would maybe sometimes get them to line up from, you know, when I would first do it on like TP Shuffle, it would be like tallest to shortest, right? And then you'd have to maneuver around people until you got the tallest person on one end of the pole and then the shortest person on the other end of the pole and then, you know, all the other people, various heights in the middle. So for me, I was like, I didn't want to necessarily do height differences all the time. I wanted to get more creative. So I just decided, I'm like, well, if I have four corners and there's four suits, in a deck of cards, then, um, so that's one of the variations that I have in my playing with a full deck book is that I call kings in the corner. And so you give each side of the four, uh, of the quad, you designate one suit. So one side is spades, one is clubs, one is hearts, and one is um, diamonds. I'm like, what was the other one? One is diamonds. And then basically say you have to go from kings all the way down to ace in numeric order 
and the kings have to be in the quarter, and then you have to, um, you know, everyone then, and maybe you're missing a couple of the cards if you don't have your perfect group of 52, right? You could just select whatever cards you wanted to, but the kings from every suit has to be in the corner, and then it has to go down to ace um, on the side. So you could make it to where you stack the deck a little bit to where all of the hearts are start out on one side and all of the diamonds are on one side and whatnot. Or you just randomly hand people cards and then they have to maneuver around one another on the masking tape to where you, you actually can't step off of the masking tape. Both feet have to, um, you have to have one foot on the masking tape at all times. You can't leap and jump um, and you can't step off onto the floor or whatever. So, so your foot is down, masking tape has to be underneath it. Correct. Yep. It. So, yeah. I mean, and you can kneel down and, you know, things like that to where you could step over someone. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. things like that. But uh, but you, you can't and basically. And their hand can't touch. Right. Your same, hand same can't kind touch. Of TP, exactly. Got it, got so, it. Uh, so you can, if you can balance on your knees or you can turn sideways and things like that to try to maneuver around, you can do all of those things. And then, so it's it's pretty much it's kind of the same thing, but it's uh, but just done with playing cards, so that way it's yeah. not the height just differences nice, or birthdays yeah, or a safer start. Yep, where they're getting used to building some skills mm-hmm. uh, on how to help and maneuver around each other. I got a couple questions. So you always want kings. You want mm-hmm. the four kings. You divide your group into four teams mm-hmm. or four smaller four groups, mm-hmm. and then king, and then you just have to have enough cards. For each side, correct. So yes. To speak. So, so yeah. So let's say I had sixteen people in my group. So I had four spades, four diamonds, four hearts, and four things. And I always had the four kings. Yeah. And then the other cards could be whatever. Wouldn't doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They yeah, just yeah. and then they would just put them in order from king, and then maybe I had a ten, and then I had a Highest five, the and then a two. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So. And one other question: Could you use a activity rope? Yes, you absolutely. Oh, could. cool. Okay. Yep. So you could put an activity rope down, maybe in the grass. Yep. Where you couldn't put tape, right? Yes, absolutely. And then you can step, um, make a big, you know, fifty-foot activity rope makes a pretty good square. Yep, it does. And you could get, I think, probably eight, at least eight people mm-hmm. on the side of a fifty-foot. Yep. Very absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So a nice progression. Well, hopefully you got uh, some new ideas from our reinvigorating classics. If you have any ideas for reinvigorating something we've been doing a really long time, please send it in to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash askpodcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash askpodcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.